At Utility Muffin Labs, we are dedicated to accommodating our consumer clients with uncontrived, austere, generalized, and adequate snack-based comestible muffin provisions for your cafeteria or common staff member gathering areas. We refrain from overt decorative adornment that can foment jobholder chaos and sedition. A saccharine workforce is a productive workforce. Procure your necessary muffin repository by visiting us at utilitymuffinlabs.com, on Facebook at Utility Muffin Labs, on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM, or Utility Muffins, all one word. On Instagram at Utility Muffin Labs, one word. Support the labs on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. And finally, adorn your human form with our t-shirts at tpublic.com slash users slash Utility Muffin Labs. Utility Muffin Labs, think homogenous. is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. Today, we're reviewing the Blood Magic Secrets of Thaumaturgy sourcebook for magical knowledge for Vampire the Masquerade. And uh, this is one of, I believe, like two similar books, right? You got it. For the revised edition. And, uh, and I'm Bob. I'm that. sorry. You're glorious. I'm, I'm rude. Nice you're, to meet you. You're not rude. You're on a roll. <laughs> Stay rolling. I, I'm Nathan, and I have no co-host. <laughs> I've just, I've just bowled over him. Anyways, <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. Um, this book is... It's a couple of different things. I would say it's it's kind of two separate entities in and of itself, um, and maybe more if you picked up on anything else. But one, it is a it's a description, a an in world sort of description of what thaumaturgy is from the perspective of one character, and this sort of the same from a character that's in another vampiric sect, and then it is meat and potatoes thaumaturgy and how it's practiced i mean ultimately the purpose of the book i mean that's that's what the narratives come from but the purpose of the book is to give you several different angles of what the world of darkness the kindred view what their own blood thaumaturgy is not what it might be not what it possibly could be alone the theories of course are there but then it actually gets into well this is where it comes from right this is how it works and gives you ideas on everything thom I mean, that's right. the goal. And this is a really good book, too, for someone who I feel like there's a lot of people who play this game that go, man, I've been playing for years. I know everything. Nothing gets past me. I know how it all works. But sometimes we forget the fundamentals. We forget that this is a book about stories and a book about the process of building whatever you know, power that you're trying to get after and grasp and hold. And I think some of us just miss that. And reading through this and remembering that, like, sorry, I just dropped a book. Remembering that thaumaturgy is totally different than a normal discipline. It is approached differently. It's practiced differently. And it is the sorcerer's will sort of put upon the world. And and in a completely different way than, like, our uh, mages might do it, but also similar. It requires life, but it it doesn't even have necessarily the negative impacts that Sorry, that spheres do, that. do. and uh, i also want to dip into the fact that they include necromancy as blood thaumaturgy 
Um, I mean, they're different in practice, but they originate from the blood. So they, that too is also in this book. Right. And this is different because in the dark ages, necromancy was distinctly different and had very like a different source path and whatever, but they never really said why they were similar and acted to thaumaturgy as a whole. And then when you get here, it, there's a difference and it shows you that. And also at this point, we're starting to see an update to where stuff like Mortis was really a, a necromancy path and the different names and all that. And we'll, and that's not in here, but I'm giving you that distinction because a lot of you new to the game uh, may go, cool, this is necromancy in its only form. And then later on may play in a buddy's Dark Ages game and go, well, why are the rules different? Right. Why, why is this power odd? Right. And it seems so much more powerful. Well, th- it's a progress. Right. And this book does one beautiful thing. It takes all the, the hoo-ha from the, from the beginning to now, and it makes it to where it's digestible in one spot. And I don't mean digestible that every rule and nuance is there in terms of mechanics, but it goes, this is what it is, so don't just rely on the company to keep kicking out powers and keep kicking out, you know, stop looking for Easter eggs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, just go with what it is. And I think it's really important, too, that um, players and storytellers, especially storytellers, like you're you're a storyteller presenting this uh, book to your players or using it for your game. Thaumaturgy is really the one power where fundamentally you as a storyteller have a great deal of seed that you can plant for story because it does require that sort of arcane collection of, of items. It, <laughs> it requires, you know, it, it is a lot of work. It's a much more versatile quote unquote discipline than like potence or celerity because there's so much variety to it. But because of that, like in and of itself, learning a path of thaumaturgy or tracking down an ancient forgotten path or trying to learn a ritual that can be a story for your game Easily. that in and of itself can Easily. be a story so it gives you a lot of creativity and now i personally this is a brief admission i've pretty much been like a I, i'm an anti-magic guy <laughs> right right in like any game that i play i'm the guy that's like nah i don't want to play the the magic user i you know i'd rather just be the fisticuffs guy or i just avoid it but this makes that presentable to even somebody like me when you sit down and you read this book and you see that it's not just like i you know i have a cauldron and i have to turn the cauldron or it's not just like yeah i have a discipline where i can like drink your blood from across the room it is a meeting in the middle it is it uses the lifeblood of living beings to power your will to change the world and that's something that they make a point right away to establish so Let's let's move into like some of the stories, right? So, give me your perspective on the first tale. There's an individual writing kind of their perspective on what thaumaturgy is. Um, the first tale that they have in the book is the intro, like in most any of them, they're giving you an idea of what thaumaturgy is like in the world of darkness, and it describes one person's epic search for not only just components but dealing with, uh, to, what it takes to get them. You know, all the effort that goes into it, into what end, and it gives you an idea of how you might work trade. You know, I, I want I want a special book. That's cool. I want the thirteenth descendant of a of a cursed man condemned to hang at the gallows. Right. But you're in New York. Right. Where the hell am I gonna get that? You know, and that's and they kinda address that. Or they show you a way they go about it. And I love the comment in it where they said that that wasn't even the hardest one. Right. By comparison. And that gives you an idea. If you think it would be hard in a long time to find that, it, it is. Mm-hmm. But to an immortal, what's time? Right. 
and in the scope of things, it's thaumaturgy. We're not exactly well, and they're, and they're they're kind of working towards trickery. They're working towards convincing someone that they're being screwed, right? Right. But they're and, and to call upon them to help them, but they're actually the ones doing the screwing, right? And I noticed too, um, and you know, stop me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, but uh, since revised, we've had a lot of these like pre book stories, these introductory stories, be about Vegas, right? And there's there's been a lot of like little fiction, like the beginning of the, the Sabat bidding one is, is uh, right, about the, the LA cam, to Vegas, yeah. Right. The cam guide starts with one, the Sabat guide starts with one, this one starts with one. And I feel like there's probably at least one or two more in one of these other books where they're talking about Vegas. And then of course in I didn't the, realize that. That's a yeah. Good point. And then and then in the book we just did, they had a like a brief interlude about some of the stuff going on in Vegas. I find it interesting that there wasn't ever a Las Vegas by night book. Like there was all these little things and like these little teases, but there's no real book. Is but, there? But you may have pointed out the simple fact that uh, that's because it came to an end, right? Right. Gehenna. Right. I mean, it was rushed. We just did one where there was a story about Vegas. Right. And we were right, like, right, there should absolutely. be a Vegas by night book. Uh, undoubtedly, there probably was, and one was coming. But that gets put like before they spend money in it. If we're gonna go to a new product, right? Why am I gonna make one? Right. So, anyways, that's just a little. That's just a little observation on my part, like a a little tease, like ah, that would have been cool. Maybe it was on the pipeline. Maybe they had it planned. Who knows? Maybe storyteller vault that shit. Right. Know? We don't know, and nobody's ever bothered to tell us. You got so, it. anyways, yeah, it's a, it's. I mean, it's an introductory story like any other. It's the hunt down for these components and all these weird, tricky things that the characters have to do to create this ritual to manipulate a person of authority in hopes that they get into the good graces of that prince. And it so, also points out like the novels kind of line up with that too. Now that I think about it. Yeah. A lot of what they have, I mean, they're used, right? Right. They come right. from somewhere inspiration. Right. Absolutely. So, and then of course we get the, the, you know, real world introduction and they, they make it a point to say, look, <laughs> folks, this isn't a book of spells. This is uh, an assistance for you in your games. It's not any more real than, you know, the people who say, oh, we worship the devil and we're trying to summon demons. So then we move on into chapter one, right? And chapter one is the history of blood magic. And this is one of those tales that I was talking about that it's told from an individual's perspective. And in this, the tale itself is cool just because of the perspective. It's somebody's very scientific minded going after something that's, well, not scientific in the sense that you would normally see. Or maybe, yes, it is, because science once upon a time was considered hoodoo, bunch right. of bunch of witchcraft stuff, kind of that perspective. And when you're looking at this, and it's ironic that it's now actually in the pursuit of magic itself and how it's done, makes a lot of sense. And what's cool about it is that the the person doing the story is quick to go. I've heard from several that this is what's going on, and then from others that this is what's going on. However, in between, we're finding nuggets of truth that I can agree with. Right. And so, in a way, it's empathizing with you, the reader. Right. Absolutely. You know, believe it's, what you like. It's not White Wolf telling you, here is the step-by-step -step history Can of, you repeat that? It is not White Wolf telling you this is the step-by-step -step history of. It is whatever character this is that wrote this thesis or wrote this report about thaumaturgy and the investigations that they've done. And they, they, they make it very clear in, in these fictions that this is what exists in the world, that written word and tradition is typically oral 
for vampires. Things that you find that are written down are probably false, intentionally false, or they're wrapped up in their own ritual. Or it has to be, right? Think of it from a cultural identity thing, right? Right. If back in the day, before written word, we still had to teach people, teach our kids how to do something, it was all word of mouth and mentors. That's how it went. Naturally, the process is going to get lost in the exact of the original, right? Mm -hmm. But that's okay if it's progressive or forward, or in the case of a lot of uh, a lot of Native American tales are a good story. Yeah. But they're not they're really vague sometimes. You know, they're like, what did you get from it? And then that's the point, and you move on. Sort of the art of storytelling is that, too. And what they're saying here in the Thaumaturgy book, in the sense to bring it back, understand that this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to take that oral history and write it down so that there is a formulaic way of doing it which leads you to believe that the person of the story might be a Tremere. Right. Might be, because that's their methodology. Take what is hyperbole and make a factual, easy-to-read guide on how to kill yourself with thaumaturgy. Right, absolutely. And uh, the thing is, too, at the end, they they, they tell us who wrote the story, but they don't actually tell us who this person is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's that's the weird part about it, right? But um, you'll note, too, as you read through it, that there are little interludes. So this is probably like a, a material that's passed around other thaumaturges, or it, it's probably something that's involved in a smaller magical community. And there are people that, there are individuals that read it that disagree or that give a critical reception to what this person is writing. So it definitely, in my opinion, it's designed to give you the feel that this is a living, breathing thing, right? This world is is supposed to be presented as a living, breathing world, and so is the material that they're presenting to you, the player, or you, the storyteller. So, and there really isn't anything in here that I think that a player playing a character should avoid. I feel like as a storyteller, you could very well say, all right, well, you're a thaumaturge, your character's a thaumaturge, whether you're an Asimite sorcerer or you're a Koldonic sorcerer or you're whatever, you know, insert a thaumaturge here. Right. You could very well go, yeah, your character was able to procure this because you've just been accepted into this club, right? And now you get to read this as a player and go, oh, and you can use all that. To me, there isn't anything in here that's like, oh, hold on, at least in this chapter. Right? No. Because what, what's in the chapter? chapter starts with what was magic in the second city. Right. Like, where did it come from there and where did it go? And that's because and that's you got to start somewhere. But it's important to note that where it starts at, there are thaumaturges with a very radical viewpoint of Cain. We've dealt with Cain as sort of a victim of circumstance, right? Cain was offering what he thought was the best and brightest since his brother Abel, below the curse, and that was that. Well, the alternate version of these radicals uh, state that what if Cain sought literally to incur God's wrath by killing Abel to become some sort of ex nihilo. Right. Like you he know? wanted to be cursed. Exactly. And he, cause he wanted to use the power of God. Well, the only way to get it would be to be cursed by him. Right. And aha, the joke's on him. And they were like, well, who gave it to him? Well, theory holds that Satan did it. Right. And that's, and the rest is history. But, and the author too, in here right before that is very clear to go, uh, very clear to present that they are a skeptic. Right. Right. They say, you know, I've talked to, thaumaturges up and down i've i've been all over the place i've talked to all of these people i still don't have any evidence to even suggest that kane's real well and that's because it sounds like they're trying to justify that what they're doing is right right because they're big in this book and pointing out the pursuit of thaumaturgy itself is a moral eroding event yep it takes a lot of blood and blood only comes from humans right 
in terms of pursuit of these magics. Right. So at what point do you just view life as a as a necessity, a recharging of a battery versus killing Sarah Sarah Miller, uh, RN, working at a hospital saving babies? Right. You know, I you don't, don't get care, that. Right. I, she, I need her to uh, power my experimentation. And they slam that home. Now, why is that important? Far too many people play the game believing, okay, I have thaumaturgy, Miss Cool Tremere. I just sit in a lab and I just read a book and then Eureka happens. There's no, ex- there's, <laughs> yeah, right, what, right? There's no magical right, way. Right. I just understand the formula and then I just learn the power and then that's okay. But no, there's story to it that the storyteller is not responsible to take you and role play your character going through these experiments. In fact, I would challenge any player with thaumaturgy to do some soul searching, look at your sheet, and if you're rocking seven humanity and multiple paths of thaumaturgy, yeah, you fundamentally are doing it wrong. You missed something right. in what you did. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying now think about it. Maybe talk with your storyteller and give him insight as to what you think you would have gone through right. to obtain that blood and do that event. And I, and I think that that's imperative too. You know, as a storyteller, I think you have the greater responsibility to keep your player understanding that, okay, what you're doing right now is morally degrading to your soul. Right. And I, I'm more than willing to let you continue you are you're holding the reins the balls in your court but we're gonna make some checks we're gonna we're gonna see if you can hold on to that quality of your spirit but you know nate undoubtedly gonna say well why do that why do we have to do that well let's look at the origins of thaumaturgy which is what this book dives into and it says that a lot of people believe it's an act of will right that's through an act of will and using all these complex formulae the tremere found a way to just because they come from mages, right? Mm-hmm. The Tremere found a way to apply that using the blood to just affect their will on reality. An alternate viewpoint also in this book, they infer it without inferring it. I'm the king of this. But my theory still holds the fact that why would Cain do that, right? We're back to that point that right. they make. And that's a justification. I said, it's also a way if you read between the lines, well, how did Cain get that power from a curse in the first place? If you're cursed, how did he get Okay, we know he's immortal, and we know all that, but where did the disciplines come from? Right. How was he able to just create them? Was everybody back then have that power? Or is it possible that somewhere in the middle is the truth? And that is, Cain learned that thus he is cursed. All these archangels came down to levy the curses, right, according to the Book of Nod. Right. God himself put a curse on it. What if Cain did have quite a bit of residual power of God? It's walking with him, and he got what he needed to survive and to hunt and thus the beast on its own whatever that is one could hypothesize that's where thaumaturgy comes from and in very deed the the or excuse me not thaumaturgy the explanation of it right and the <laughs> and in here it says thaumaturgy is pursuing to get that power of cain because thaumaturgy literally means the way of miracles why state that well it has to come from somewhere right and so that's that's that and it's all about them trying to do what cain does right and the and the other thing that they make no exception to explain on a number of occasions is that thaumaturgy requires the use of blood absolutely you have to use blood to use it so it is literally taking life and 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 basically exercising it to get the result that you want with your will and if you have to use the blood that means it's inherent to the curse because right. that's what the curse is it's tied to the thirst it's right. tied to the beast which is exactly why like a normal human being a normal mortal human being can't use it 
Yep. They can't manipulate. They need to be able to take that blood and use it to power that 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 power, that discipline, that thaumaturgy. Which is why we'll get into a personal belief of mine. I don't think hedge magic has its place. I think it exists in the world of darkness, and it's cool for them psychic mortals to be special. Right. But leave that to them. Right. Absolutely. And and you know that's that's the one thing too that they make a distinction that that hedge magic. Whatever that is, is paltry in comparison to what thaumaturgy can do right. to manipulate the world around them. And it's also distinctly different from what mages use. And, and, and they're clear in here to say, we don't really know how, like, what powers a mage, how a mage is able to do it, but they have restrictions we don't have, right? right. So, so we as players and storytellers and, and purveyors of White Wolf's material, we know as a mage, typically... When you enact your will, if that's not somehow explainable, there's a backlash, right? There is a problem that will come. Reality does not want you to manipulate it in a way that is miraculous, right? Yep. For lack of a better way of doing it, I'm no mage player, but that's my general understanding of it. However, that same, you know, let's say we have a witness. They witness something miraculous. You take a car and you turn it into a a tree trunk, right? Right. For a mage, that could be very problematic, right? Exactly. For, for whatever statistics, whatever the world that allows them to affect reality, it could be very problematic. And now, as a as a thaumaturge, a Tremere, an Asimite, whatever, someone with the ability of thaumaturgy, I can do that. And the only drawback to that is the person who saw it's going to get real freaked out. And that right there lends a, a strong <laughs> hypothesis head nod toward maybe I'm correct. And the fact is, is that when you look at it, well, how are they able to do a naked paradox and reality fights back, but a vampire does it, they don't. Right. And that's because it ties back to the curse. Well, if God made vampires and there's <laughs> right. a curse on Cain, you think God's going to punish himself? Right. Right? Oh, they're, they're literally found, it's a, it's a life hack, isn't it? Like, to use that term, it's a, it's a thumb hack. Right. And that's what it is. But that's why mages look at thaumaturgy as, you know, kind of a... It's a watered-down version of what they do, but also it's very dangerous. Right. Because if they can do it and all they need is blood. Right. It's very different, you know. It, it is inherent to vampires, and it requires the destruction of life, which is blood, to affect reality, plus a bunch of other stuff, you know. Now, and that's a lot of to the modern. Right. When you think about Second City, it's shocking <laughs> the yeah. book lists them, right? Right. Now we're looking at Asimites. Like, they have a great analogy in here. It's Asimites, it's the Asherians, or Cappadocians, as you know them, and then you have, what is it, one other? It was uh, mentioned in there, I thought. Oh, because he heads as a footnote, the Sedites. Mm-hmm. They don't give him a head nod in this book, the author, but someone might makes a post-it note mm-hmm. and say, hey, hey, we were there. Right. No one ever wants to mention us, but we were fucking right. there. And then, you know, the Kaldonic Sorcerers. Exactly. And, it's, and But before, and I gotta, gotta hammer it home, a lot of people think Kaldonic Sorcery is always, a Kaldun just means a warlock. Right. That's what it means in Eastern Romanian. That's the term defined. So they existed. No, they did not have Kapala and all that fun right. stuff in it yet. And they're quick to point that out. Why do I mention them all? Because they existed back in the day when we can stack a carnal house out back because we're practicing. We want to know how to use the power. The bodies Great. by the thousands. I'm going to grab that little village over there and I'll come back with some power. Don't worry about the village. And if you want to keep one of them, let me know now. Right. I'll be back later. There's no one. They reigned as gods. And to them, they even use the analogy in here, the streets ran with blood, right? They must have. Now, I want you to think of a book we reviewed. 
Children of the Night. Look at Urshulgi's description or his, his background described as he existed when the skies rained blood. That was before he was embraced. Right. Right. And he was this world renowned sorcerer. That guy's evil as fuck. I don't give a shit. It's an asamite, right? And now it makes it even more terrifying. And this book kind of stacks on that why it is. And it goes further. Like this book should terrify you playing in Tremere because you're getting the formulaic version, but the Tremere are uh, not telling you a whole lot. Right. You know, the higher up you go. And uh, I don't want to segue too much into that because this book does a good job of it. But going further and beyond that, it starts telling you then across the ages. And it's not long, right? It's like it goes second city where it started right to the across the ages and then it's like maybe three more pages and you're done right why is that well if you think about it what else need be said yeah people were butchering people to create power for a clan to use and it was a race to power and the shock of the Tremere clan is that they came from mages and they kind of cheated right they right. came in knowing well that- no absolutely and if you think about it i mean from the perspective of I- i've heard this from a lot of mage players why would they even do that <laughs> well because it's different, right? If you had the ability to affect reality with your will, but you had all this potential for backlash and you had this very weak mortal frame, right? But instead, you could do something more impactful with less negative impact to you and you could do it for all eternity. You could spend, all you have to do is you just have to consume blood of living people for both your continued existence and right. for your magic. I mean, was it a fair trade? It was rough to start, but... And you got to remember, they didn't do it knowingly. It wasn't like, you know, those the Tremere and his group got together and said, well, we'll become vampires and we won't worry about it. Because mm-hmm. they always could become vampires. Someone betrayed them. You know, whether right. it was Tremere himself or somebody else and had that insight, that clan was screwed into doing what they were doing. But also they were dealing with the fact that all mages were dealing. They felt that magic was getting weaker. Right. Well, what is a bunch of power-mad mages who were known for rebellion and cutting corners anyway? Of course, they sought to go some way about it to gain more power forever. Right. And if you think about it, too, um, it, it makes a lot of sense that Clan Tremere it uses thaumaturgy, and it makes sense from the perspective of ritual and the, the various paths because of hermetic magic. Because they talk about hermetic magic in here, and hermetic magic is the it's formula it's you know yep. i do a b and c and i have to do the rain dance here and i have to turn the dial and <laughs> then i i i burn this and that that's what's produced right and that's very much you know what hermetic magic is and for these hermetic mages to then transition into what thaumaturgy is and thaumaturgy is very much path and ritual right right and it's very much formula this is how I do this, and this is what happens. And it's open to experimentation, but from that perspective, it makes a lot more sense. Now, understanding the fundamentals, right? If we understand will, i got to hammer will home because the book does too. Will is not, I stare real hard, <laughs> and thus I blow a willpower. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people ask me, you know, or, and you, I'm certain, you know, uh, hey, man, how come I can't blow a will for automatic success in this role? And you just want to stare at them. You're, you're you literally are using your will right to enact a force of you know on reality that's what it's from and that's and that's what it's all about right so how are you going to spend a will to help you with a role requiring your will doesn't make sense 
you know, what are you gonna do? Stare at the stare at the wall really hard, and then you're gonna blow that will to stare even harder. At her. It worked for the men who stare at goats, right? But they were on LSD to be specific, perhaps. So perhaps. But what's my point? My point is the act of will is literally. You go through the formula, you keep studying it, you say it repetitively 12 times if you have to, backward and front as the ritual describes it. You do it without error, you do it without failure, and you do it in your mind very rapidly, very quickly. And it's all not to create the energy for the ritual, it's to get your mind in tune with the source of the power that allows the power to come from you, and that power resides within. It's thus the beast. You are the gateway. The blood is the force, and thus the it's it's done. And then right. you have it. If that sounds real deep, and oh my god, uh, that's too much. I don't I don't want to go through and figure out how my kid don't play the thaumaturge. Right. It's very easy. I've done it for years. Right. Just not play the thaumaturge. <laughs> right. Right. And that's like I mean that thing that thing to me though it makes it like this book literally adds what I am I would be jealous. If I were any other clan, you don't see a book of obtenebration sitting around. <laughs> right. That's nowhere. And that right. somewhere takes an immense amount of will too, no right. doubt. There's no book of just this. But they go into thaumaturgy because not only is it versatile, mm-hmm. anyone can have it. Probably all the clans have a version of it. And because of that, there's different ways to access it, but it's different ways of will to bring about the right. result of power. And think about it too. It it presents you as a player or a storyteller to be as creative as you want and create. I mean Someone created every path of thaumaturgy, a, a player, a storyteller, a writer created every path. It's your game, man. It's your world. Create. But even with those paths, did they tell you how to learn them? Or did they just go, here's a book of generality. Right. Please provide your own instruction. Right. Here's the end results. Right. All right. So moving on to chapter two, we are now presented with a... um. I'd like to call it a, you've just become a thaumaturge. <laughs> Here's what you need to know. And it's it's written from the perspective of an unnamed Anarch that obviously the Camarilla and their Archons are trying to track down very diligently because it is by their own a- account, it is full of way more truth than it should be. And um, it, it's... Uh, it's like a, a primer's guide, right? It's like, yep. a, it's, it's you know, this is what you're entering into, and this is what it is. So it gives you a different perspective. The previous chapter talked about the history. This talks about the application of. This, this gives you a very, and this is another one of those things that you as a storyteller could very easily, you know, print out a couple copies for your players and go, yeah, this, this ended up, you know, nestled in your mailbox this evening when you awoke (laughs) you know this is one of those things that is white wolf makes them and they're kind of like propaganda from one perspective or the other and it goes into a lot of the stuff we've just been talking about you know the act of ritual the act of using your blood and and what that means and then it talks about like the principles what's required how do you accomplish uh, these things and it's basically and Anarch said, fuck Clan Tremere. I'm done with these jerks. <laughs> I'm going to take the information that it took me years and years and years to learn after, you know, bowing down, scraping, and, and doing menial tasks. And now that I've got that information, I'm going to save all of these other individuals a whole lot of trouble and give them a pathway to become a thaumaturge. Uh, you know, you still need probably someone to help teach you, 
but this is all information that your average Camarilla neonate or even your average Camarilla ancilla would have no idea about, right? And what are some uh, highlights here? We got a, uh, what's what's hermetic thaumaturgy? That's defined. Right. You know, good old Hermes Trismegistus is the originator of it, and it tells you what that's all about and why the Shamir gravitate to it, right? They're right. from the Order of Hermes. Right. I wonder why, right? But then it tells you, but then there's also blood magic. What's that? It tells you straight up what it is and dives into it. And blood magic in its raw, like I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of my favorite differences, right? Mm-hmm. In pass. And it's far more, it's far more brutal. Asimite sorcery has its, uh, its origins in doing some of the darkest methods of magic there is. Cause it involves you. It's literally sacrificing and butchering someone to create an effect. Right. Call it what you will. If I got to sacrifice someone to the great Uhura Mazda, the dragon of purity, he's still a dragon. <laughs> Dragons require meat and blood. And that's what's right, going to happen. Right. They're one of their rituals, the, the right from Marduk's throat. Yeah, Marduk wasn't exactly uh, a vegetarian. <laughs> Let's figure this out, right? So it's it's considered barbaric. It's also draws insights into other clans and yeah. how their styles might be, right? Sedites. Let's if I have to explain to anyone with all the museums and everything going on about the Book of the Dead and mummies and everything involved, it's silly. Right. right. You and know what it is? It's it's super different than like a standard Western ideal of what magic would be or should be. Exactly. And they have a book of the dead in real life. It existed. But imagine what that represents in the world of darkness. And if it's a book of the dead, death is part of that. Right. And how does that work? Right. And a sacrifice to take and then even flip for a third. If you were to sit back and think, well, what is this Amis Kuldun non-Kuldunic sorcery, but still a warlock nonetheless, what would they do to learn their thumb? How does that work? Right. And the sacrifice twists and turns therein. And it basically is all saying the same thing as I'm kind of beating around a bush to. The culture shapes how they discover to yeah, use this magic. Absolutely. That, and that's that's a really important thing to take away from this, that um, it's not only suggested, but it's imperative that when you're playing a character using thaumaturgy, your culture or the culture of the teacher is going to shape how you learn it and how you see it and even where you draw power from how that power is is given to you or how you take it from wherever you're taking it from so you know it's super imperative that if you're i mean whatever it's your game right you're going to play a thumb charge you're going to do it however you want you should do it what's fun but this is going to give you so much more flavor to color all that than just kind of winging it well I like saying is when me and they start talking about this stuff it's because we like meat and potatoes we like the full meal we don't want just the snack right, right? and that's what it is and, and and you could do that it, like a lot of games people just want to call thumb and even says it in here you want to say they spend time in front of a book and magic hits them sure yeah like have fun with that to me eh, all right right and i literally mean that in that tone that just sort of give up tone but what do you get out of it as a player like really it's just power and i and in my head as, as an st as a player i'm like why don't i just pick other disciplines right because they require less effort and honestly if that's all i'm going for then let me get that work that bug out and come back to right it. absolutely I, I feel like if you're playing a game like this and the only purpose for you is to like gain and acquire and hoard power um you're missing on out on so much more of what has been presented to you by the writers of of this game is by no means perfect right there's all kinds of things you can pick and choose but that's the point like you should pick and choose the details that make the game more entertaining and vibrant because let's face it what are we really doing here we're sitting 
in a circle uh, at a table or at a park and we're mutually sharing imagination. Yep. We don't have the benefit of a vast video game world where someone's kind of like spoon feeding us their vision. We have to take what they've written and we have to verbally give it back to somebody else and hope that in our (laughs) weird psychic communication, we get what each other is trying to present, right? For sure. So why not use every tool at your disposal to try to paint that picture, that verbal picture that you're painting in someone else's mind? You know, use these. That's, that, the best. that's that's really what it fundamentally comes down to. That's the way to put it. And so, uh, to to be on this, that's the, I mean, I I got to tell you, this book definitely like dr- those exact thoughts and opinions. This book created them. Like it comes from there because it's like you finally see not only where it comes from, but they're asking you, they're encouraging you to take part in it. Like we didn't exhaustively provide libraries of books that may or may not interest you. Uh, based on the culture of Mesopotamia, so you can learn how to do one path of thumb. Right. We said in general, here's here's the end game. Here's the powers. We did the hard part to learn them. Take your players wherever you want to go. Right. Uh, to discover them, and you should. And what's the payoff? Well, for instance, this book tells you that there are ways that you can tether the demonic and the spirits of the dead to do things for you without. Having to be like, okay, cool, you're an infernalist, or right. hey, man, you need necromancy to do that alone, and it's not, it's not the way it works because where'd that weird concept come from? The culture, right, <laughs> that, that is surrounding it, right, absolutely. Um, and also, uh, there's another cool thing in here for your Tremere storytellers. You know, when you're storytelling the Tremere clan, obviously, you're going to get a bunch of material from the clan books, and that's great. And this also gives you the perspective of someone who was in the clan right as an upstanding member supposedly who then left and went to be an anarch so what is that going to do that's going to give you both the clan's vision but it's also going to give you the outsider's vision so that you can meld those and create your own version that fits you know somewhere in the middle it's not quite that and it's not quite that here's what it really is so that to me, that's a cool little addition too, and they don't overly spend too much time on the Tremere stuff. But I think that a clan like that, you, you want as much material as you can get so that you can present them properly. Um, and I say properly as in like as intended, right? Well, yeah. I mean, is there, is there a wrong way? Sure. Yeah, that wrong way is the way that is not entertaining and is not recognized as a whole from the book you read them from. Right. I get asked it a lot. Like when you is a clan book the, the end all be all of that clan? Well, yes, <laughs> it is. Like I don't understand how that's even a debate. Um, should I play a Bruja exactly out of the Bruja clan book? What's your definition of exactly? Are you a Bruja? Yes. Well, then you should. Right. <laughs> well, well, how? Well, the clan gives you every every way under the sun. Just your Bruja blooded. Right. Be you, but there is a culture that makes you a clan that has many people in it. Like how would you, how would you even decide that you're not? And. What, the, what they're saying is I want to be an individual and I want to be super cool and I like the powers from that clan, and but I just don't get along with, you know, exactly what it is. I don't want to portray them as it's presented. Well, that's a conversation with your storyteller. Right. Right? And uh, believe it or not, we, we get messages from you guys about that and that's okay, but that's our perspective. Right. Which is there are already books out there coming to us for and a thumbs up is weird because we're honored. We're both awed and then like, cool, we'll weigh in on it and we definitely do respond. But then the fact is like, man, hmm, I just, just sit down with your ST, read it, and bring up your point. Right. I mean, you're valid to do it. And uh, by all means, if the ST is listening to you, you're welcome. 
you know, we're <laughs> sending them back to you. But it's it's arming yourself with the knowledge that you're not only should you have a fostered a communication between you and your your troop, but also that they're they're asking these questions, trying to find a better way to be a better player, right? And you to be a better ST. It's all health and it's all in fun. But what we're saying is, is that we're not the gurus. We're not. There's no, we've read books, right? <laughs> that's really that's it. what it comes down to. And this book really hammers at home. It says, you know, great, you have thaumaturgy. Did you read this book yet? No. Really read this book to, f- to own right. what you've built. That's right. what it's coming and, and, about. And I think that it's important that we tell people, like, th- one of the major unforeseen benefits, in my opinion, of doing these podcasts and doing them in order is that, well, we have to read every book, yeah. right? We have to read every book before we do the podcast. And, yeah, great. Now we can go, hey, we've read all the books for sure. But also... All that stuff that, you know, maybe I might have forgotten the first two chapters of this book. Maybe the stuff that's in here, it I read it, I read it 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, and it's just skipped my mind, right? When you play a game like this, as much as we play this game, there's so much material that you've read and you forget, right? And rereading this book has given us this major refresher. So what I'm trying to say is, like, if you are listening to these podcasts... And you're like, ah, yeah, they like that book that I like. Reread it too. You know, go for out sure. and get it, pick it up because it's going to refresh for you. And hopefully, when you reread it, it's going to re spark that creativity that you had years ago. Or it's a dump of a book and don't get it, you know? But <laughs> but a- make that decision for yourself. You and know? Uh, back to uh, uh, not to, uh, to bring us back. Right. So, what else are we going to find in here? Because we left off of blood sorcery, right? Right. Hermetic blood sorcery, you'll find voodoo. Uh, it is going to be here. We'll get to a lot of that here, but in chapter two, it does mention those two. Right. Uh, but the also benefit of this is Chantry, mm-hmm. researching the yep. Chantry, yeah. what that's involved. We won't get into that. We've done enough on it, but this book does have more detail into it. You know, they sort of just wax poetic on it, and I want that entails. Should the Shamir be the only ones to build the Chantry? Absolutely not. If you read this and see how they do it, um, what do you think a Sedite Temple is? Right. You, th- you think it's just right. a place with sand and venomous snakes? I mean, <laughs> they got to have something else to it, yes, right? Yes, I do. Yes, indeed I do as yes, an outsider. Yes. Inside, uh, there is a sarcophagus and snakes and sand. Right. And through them, I get benefited wisdom. And you too, and I won't do it. Right. So, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, then we get into chapter three. And chapter three is, for some of our... Uh, our players it's the it's the meat and potatoes it's the actual all right let's get to the paths all right and uh <laughs> so yeah th- these are the these are the powers the the paths of thaumaturgy um in this chapter I feel we have to touch on this yeah um because we're gonna get not only the varied paths we're gonna get to rituals that are beyond five yeah there's a couple in here mm-hmm. and you're gonna say to yourself i looked in the book I doesn't really say how I get, like, what the fuck? Can I get just one path at five and learn these rituals? Now you could if your storyteller just didn't pay attention. Right. Right? You could just say, I'm going to learn a second path. And because I didn't buy any points in rituals to start, and I took my thumb to five, and I got an extra path at a discount, by the way, because that's how it's set up, that now gives me access to six points. I'm going to put them all in a level six ritual. You're never in my game. Right. Never. Uh, because I believe in overall thaumaturgy score, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that thaumaturgy, yes, it's sometimes more cost effective after the first one to use it, but it works accordingly. If I hit level five in thaumaturgy, that's where my overall thaumaturgy rating stops automatically going up. So I'm now at a five. In order for it to become a six, I have to master. That means another level five path to get a plus one. And now I have a six, right. thus a seven, thus an eight. 
Now, why is that? I have to represent the vast knowledge and time and effort and power of the rituals presented right. in order to do that because there's no thumb path that goes beyond five. Right. Absolutely. Right. So that's the, that's, that's the reason that I do it. That's why I do it. I feel that it's a, it's a formula that maybe even I read somewhere and forgot. However, I don't think so. That's just been my tried and true method. If you like it, please use it, but it makes sense to me because otherwise you can tear apart a book looking for anyone that has a thumb score where it's like, this dude has level nine thaumaturgy. Right. What is what does that mean? Well, and and the other thing too in here they give you time to learn rituals, and this may be adjusted in other books. I don't know off the top of my head. Not really, uh, it's but pretty I, solid. Yeah, I don't think so. But like learning a level five ritual takes a year, and so that that should emphasize like yes, I've gained a free level of I gained a level of thaumaturgy with my experience points. I now get a free ritual with it. Great. Yep. Would you like to learn another level five ritual? Well, I hope you have a year to study. <laughs> right. You know, so so it these rituals are great when you're learning them, right? When you get them for free, but it requires a great deal of effort. You a, a year in study, like to to learn how to do you know this thing. So they don't even go beyond level five and how long it takes to learn them. No. Nope. So how long do you think it takes to learn a level seven? Right. And and to me, the logic is that ideally you're learning the rituals first. That's why you get them automatically, right? Right. It's assumed you're stumbling through the ritual, figuring out what your your level of thumb is going to be, and then you get a level of thumb, and there's your automatic ritual. You know, it's sort of like uh, the moment I figure out the power level, then the ritual now has an effect. Um, other people I've heard say, you know, no, nah, it makes sense that you study for the power when you're done with the power. This ritual made more sense. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. That argument is is exhaustive. Right. But absolutely. either way is fine. Right. Absolutely. So um, I don't want to spend too much time getting like overly into like the different paths of thaumaturgy, but um, there are some very unique um, but very specialized or perhaps um, less. Uh, th these are like the rarer paths of thaumaturgy. The one thing that I do like about these paths that are presented in here is they give you an idea like where did this come from? What's the origin of it? And why is it, you know, why is it in this book? Why isn't it in use? Why isn't it common among, you know, Tremere or whatever clan that uses them? And there's a bunch of them in here. Now, um, some of these, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of these, at least some of the rituals, you're going to find in like the V20 uh, main book. Um, you a may find, you may, you may find like different versions of them in like Lore of the Clans or, you know, different uh, like V20 books. Um, but some of these paths I don't remember seeing in that V20 book. No. So um, definitely, if you are a completionist, right, you as a storyteller or even you as a player, you want a complete list of like what's been presented. This is great for that. Also, if you want to see like, hey, how does this path that like is specific to this clan, how does it differ from what's presented in this other book? you can you can do that as well that's what this book is really good for is for those various rituals that for whatever reason weren't weren't collected in v20 because honestly not everything's in there or for the oddball paths that are practiced by like the non-tremere clans so i think that that's that's a good reason to to have this uh, the best reason on this book is because there are quite a few that are still it's not only are the rules valid they still add up right they're they're not offered in the v20 book right absolutely and uh, that's i just want to hammer that home because if you're a person who's got to have the cool powers 
why don't you have this book? Right, absolutely. That's that's what it comes from. They put that effort in, and it's there. Um, why isn't in the V twenty book? Simple answer: It's not considered common. Right. That this is a book of the non common right. uh, powers and whatnot that you're going to find diversified amongst all of the clans and bloodlines. Right. Right. Pertaining to thaumaturgy, right? Magic is what we're looking at. So yep, that's absolutely. why it's there. So um, then we move on to uh, chapter four, which. Um, they're uh, the Eldritch Sorceries. So this is uh, off the path of the, the standard thaumaturgy and into the various necromancies and um, the different clans or bloodlines that are practitioners of it. So it's, it's, it's kind of like the same basic premise as the other chapter, but in the necromantic rituals. Um, the difference between standard necromancy and uh, Vodun necromancy um, and that those practiced by, uh, you know, the Samedi or Samdi or however you pronounce them, um, uh, the different rituals and, and how in the paths, theirs are a little bit different, right? Yep. When we read, you know, Ash Path or, you know, Sepulcher Path in V20, it's this is how it works. A, B, and C, this is what you do. Well, we talked about culture before, right? And so you're going to notice those small differences even like how and we, and we talked about this already but even like how you know one might summon a spirit or what they would even call that spirit once it's summoned so it's it, this is again flavor right it's seasoning it's a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper to bring out some of those other flavors to really paint a better picture to give you a better stew right honestly to help you describe it Right. It goes into that, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. What's what's the point of the rules and the successes if you can't describe the varying levels of it? Right. And then it gets more detailed here into the Sedites. Uh, the Sedite sorcery section, I think, is one of the strongest ways to interpret a clan that really didn't define beyond ritual worship of what's, how you would even have Sedite sorcery. Right. What is Sedite sorcery? And it tells you exactly what it is. Just like the Voodoo mentioned, it was Western necromancy and then Voodoo necromancy. 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 <laughs> so what are the differences between the two? Read it to find out, but I bet you you can consider one thing. What's voodoo has to do with Haiti. There's a lot of it in there, right. and that's going to get into that. Um, then you have uh, Asimite Sorcery, which is something that is very – it was eye-opening for me to first read. I remember a long time ago, still had that feeling where I read it again. That I was like, man, I thought Asimites were kind of like them weird pocket vampire heroes that people wanted to play, which is why I've always been like, eh, not really. And then with the new clan revised, I was like, yeah, man, people could play these. Let's, here you go. Cool. Open right. my eyes. And then I read this, maybe not Asimite Sorcerers. Those dudes are kind of hardcore. <laughs> like that shit's kind of, oh my God. Like, right. And then, you know, you read the Bali clan book and you go, wait a second. Right. When we get there, you'll understand. You'll have the same insight of like, okay, great. Y'all fought yourself. Right. Is that what's going on? Is that true? Who knows? And then we, we get a pocket way back at the end of the book. Um, I think that a lot of people, because I don't remember them ever really before this defining Kuldanic sorcery, and I don't, I don't recall that in any book we've reviewed so far, it's but mentioned in there. You're correct. Like, so like far, it's that mentioned. We've reviewed, right. In so terms far. of released, it absolutely was released before this, but not as de- not as detailed. Right. Remember, we're just Vampire of the Masquerade, right? Modern, right? right. We, we we're pretending as if we've never read a Dark Ages book. We've never read a Mage book. Right. <laughs> right, right. Bob and I have. So when we make a reference to, I don't think they've released anything about this yet, we mean in this line, right? right? We mean Vampire the Masquerade. As far as I know, this is the first real like ironing out of what Koldonic sorcery is. Yes. And what the various paths are. We've, we've heard mention of it, 
We just haven't gotten the meat and potatoes. And here, just sort of nestled in the back, just unassuming. <laughs> here's some. Here's the spiritual ways and and how we use them. And they are different enough and strange enough. I'm to getting be, a point. To be fair, mm-hmm. the Transylvania Chronicles, which we have skipped. Right, we have. We totally have. Absolutely so, makes mentions to Coldonic Sorcery right. in there. Uh, and it defines where it even comes from. So it gets in depth of there, but we haven't done those yet. Right. So we got a MacGuffin. Right. Just saying it. <laughs> right. That's what it's We there. got a way out. We have a way out. So, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we just forgot. I mean, let's remember, I think we've done like almost 60 books so far. <laughs> so we're we're grinding our wheels Correct. <laughs> we're trying we're to go did one of those other books those like 50 plus other books that we talked about anyways the only way is forward yeah yeah as you get new more pertinent information the older information starts to fall off <laughs> so anyways bear with us if we're sort of incorrect but yeah this is the the first i can remember where we get these these like the ways of the way of fire the way of air and it is it is very different in a lot of ways than standard thaumaturgy, uh, both in how it's practiced and what it does. And even gives you Caldenism, the new knowledge. Now, often when you hear Caldenism, there's a lot of people who are going to tell you that uh, that's that, oh that's what Caldun is. Well, we know Caldun means like warlock, mm-hmm. right? We know that Caldenism is the study of Caldun, right? That has has to be, um, which is basically Eastern European animism, right? Right? It's elemental magic. That's what it comes from. And that's, that's what it is. And the knowledge gives you varying degrees of it because those both came hand in hand and that's where it came from. Can you as a storyteller in V20 ignore it and just say, yeah, my dude has Caldenism and use some basic things to use it? You sure could, especially if you own the book. But if you own the book, might as well use the book, right? right. Stretch out a little bit. And then here you're going to have the power. Although Caldun is in a V20, um, this right here is going to give you uh, the detail. Of right. where it came from that they right. just couldn't include in that massive volume. So um, then in the uh, the appendix, if you ever wanted the things made by thaumaturgy, the minions, the corpses, the gargoyles, non-player character gargoyles, of course, uh, you have them. Here's your book of, I really want a stonehound or a razor bat. Uh, great, they're here. Corpse minion. Right, absolutely. And also, we get two... Revenant families, the Ducheski and the unembraceable former uh, servants of the true black hand, the Rafastio. Um, I don't know if you heard Nate smiling in that uh, comment, but right. he's it's so, so I just wanted to note that, uh, and I had mentioned this to Bob earlier, it, it would seem as if they really want to hammer home the destruction of the black hand. Right, right. They just—they really want you to know that the Rafastio used to serve the the Black Hand, and now they don't, and they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. But they—they they used to serve the Black Hand that was destroyed. We destroyed the Black Hand. It was—it uh, was destroyed. The destruction of the Black Hand. It That's was. how it read to me, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, and then in the back of my book, I don't know if yours has the same thing, but I was really like, I—I I, I had a flashback, right, a memory. Of this this advertisement for the Vampire the Masquerade Mind's Eye Theater <laughs> Laws of the Night book, and I saw that it came out in 1999. And oh I, wow! Yeah, I, I, I immediately this. felt super aged, and I was like, "Oh, I remember when I was hip." Lords of the Night. Yeah, yeah. It just it, and I was like, "This came like I I distinctly remember 
going to a store and buying this book. They advertise the Eternal Hearts Erotica book. <laughs> <laughs> Which we have it's, a copy of. It's I know. I love yeah, it. It's yeah. a good book. Yeah, it's, it's up just, on the... It's erotica like you wouldn't think. It's yeah, it's black dogs fiction, and it's, I mean, maybe yeah. some, maybe someone somewhere would fit that stereotrope wife at home, bubble bath, kicking back wine glass, reading that book. But I don't know. I really like the artwork in it. But anyways, we're not doing a review of that. Right I'm just now. letting you know that that book it was good. It's worth a read. Yeah. So sometime down the road, maybe we'll review that book and we'll do it as like a Patreon. We totally special. we're totally doing that. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a weird, awkward podcast. I promise you. It's worth it to you. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll just read it and I'll record my narration of the book. <laughs> I'll just I'll just do an audiobook version of it for everybody. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. That's a lot of work. But anyways, uh that is Blood Magic Secrets of Thaumaturgy. It's a solid thick book for your collection. Get out and get it. We've got two copies. Why don't you have one? What's wrong with you? Anyways, next week and for many weeks ahead. It's clan book heaven, right? I think the next eight podcasts are revised edition clan books. For sure. And I'm pretty positive that our next podcast is clan book Bruja, the revised edition clan book Bruja, which is one of my top 10 books ever. Um, let me uh, let me drop down here. Yes, clan book Bruja for January 5th. I'm starting to get Groundhog's Day. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're kind of like we're re-entering the secondary market right oh it's golden i get it but i'm just it's groundhog time so guess what's the week after that the redemption of clan book malkavian for as bad as clan book malkavian was in the first edition we have a new one that is not interpretive dance written on a wall for you to interpret it's a book that's good i have been told if you blend the first edition of malkavian clan book in with your morning smoothie and drink it you'll get the shits (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's probably super true. You may know them better, <laughs> but you're going to get the shit. I'm pretty sure if you ground up any book into your morning smoothie, it would probably affect your... No, no, no. No, no, but that book specifically. Oh, okay. It's, it's crazy I town. I don't know if there's any truth to that. Anyways, we've ragged on that book for too long. I will never not. I'm going to... I I don't know what Bob thinks about the, the second, uh, the revised edition Malkavian clan book, but I like it. And I like that clan, and I'm going to try to make a case for you to like it. No one will know until I review it. (laughs) Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, Have a great holiday. We really appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoy. Drink, be merry, and don't hide any bodies. Be very careful with all of the bodies. Uh, Until next week, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see you then. Take care.